Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. With me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. On today's show, we'll be speaking with Avril Stevenson and Alan Bartley from Muscular Dystrophy Canada, and they'll tell us all about how they're helping Manitobans affected by neuromuscular disorders, as well as about an upcoming event that'll be rumbling the road this Saturday. Then we'll speak with storyteller and cancer survivor Dennis Mayone, who has a new one-man play debuting next week, Fringe of the Fringe. He'll tell us about how storytelling is an integral part of the human experience. And finally, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons will join us in studio to speak about this week in Winnipeg through the lens of CNC. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of River City 360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning on a beautiful Sunday morning. Hope everyone's day is going well so far. Robert, how's your how's your day going so far? Not too badly. How about yours? Not too bad. Thank you very much for asking. We've got a fantastic show today. I'm really excited to uh, speak with a few of our guests. Coming up after our first musical break, we're going to be speaking with Avril Stevenson and Alan Bartley from Muscular Dystrophy Canada. They're going to be telling us all about how the local chapter helps Manitobas living with neuromuscular disorders, as well as about an event that's happening this Saturday, which will see motorcycles and muscle cars take to the highway, going from Winnipeg and Steinbeck to Morden to raise money for their um, organization. Uh, but before we get to that, here's the Bay City Rollers with Summer Love Sensation right here on River City 360.
Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Robert and Nolan here with you this morning and we are now joined by two very special guests. Avril Stevenson, the Revenue Development Manager of Muscular Dystrophy Canada here in Winnipeg and Alan Bartley who is a volunteer and the chapter co-president of Muscular Dystrophy Canada in Winnipeg. Avril, Alan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having us. So first of all, a lot of our listeners maybe might have heard of muscular dystrophy, but might not know exactly what the disorders are all about. Tell us kind of in a nutshell what muscular dystrophy is. Sure. Muscular Dystrophy Canada um, is an umbrella organization, and we represent over 150 different neuromuscular disorders. And so all of those disorders are different. They have different characteristics and they manifest in different ways. But the one thing they all have in common is is that they are are all progressive neuromuscular diseases. So they result in muscle wasting and uh, the, the individual losing strength and endurance over time. Some of them progress very quickly, some of them progress very slowly. It really is very dependent on the, the diagnosis. And even within a specific diagnosis, um, the progression of the disease can look very different from one person to another. How many Manitobans and Canadians are affected by muscular dystrophy? We estimate there's over 10,000 Canadians that are uh, affected by neuromuscular disorders. In Manitoba, uh, we have about 300 people that are registered with our organization, but that doesn't encompass the whole number of people that are living with a neuromuscular disorder. And how does Muscular Dystrophy Canada help Manitobans who are living with these disorders? We provide support and services for people um, and their families. So we define our client as anybody who's impacted by a neuromuscular disorder, uh, not, not only the individual, but their family members, their care providers, uh, their health care providers, and the community that, that they live in. So we provide support and services through our peer support groups, uh, through our chapter. We provide funding for things like equipment, um, mobility equipment that helps people live a high quality of life. Uh, we also fund on a national scope uh, research and development for ultimately our hope is to find a cure, but also to f- find treatments and interventions that help people live longer and help people live healthier for a longer period of time. And I wanted to talk about that as well. What kind of progress and developments have you been seeing in research on neuromuscular disorders? There's been some exciting breakthroughs in research, and I'm definitely not the expert in research, but there have been some exciting breakthroughs, um, particularly in uh, stem cell research and, and discovering that Duchenne's muscular dystrophy is actually a stem cell disease. Uh, that just has huge implications in terms of treatments and interventions down the road and, and what's going to drive the direction of research going forward. Um, we've also been seeing a lot of um, research and development being done in gene editing and uh, we actually recently with our chapter hosted an event where we had two local researchers one clinical researcher and one practicing uh, clinician come out and talk to our clients and family members about what that means for the future and, and what research may look like going forward. Now, there's an interesting event coming up this Saturday. If our listeners are out on the highway and see a whole bunch of motorcycles or a lot of muscle cars uh, heading down, it could very well be for the Rumble the Road event heading toward Morden, I believe, from Winnipeg and Steinbach. Alan, could you tell us a little bit more about this event? It started off as a motorcycle ride where uh, we got individuals to come out for a ride. There's two starting points. One is in Steinbach, one is in Winnipeg. They both converge on... Uh, Morden, where we'll end up at uh, the Harley-Davidson dealership. The firefighters have been involved with muscular dystrophy as fundraisers and helpers since 1954, and the Morden firefighters are no different. Uh, They're out 
with their barbecues. Uh, uh, so we'll be having uh, hamburgers and hot dogs and drinks at the end of the ride in Morden. And how many years has the Rumble the Road event been organized? This is, yeah, this is the fourth year. Uh, it's been growing every year. It started off very small. And we thought we were jinxed at first because we, we started off at one dealership and they went broke just oh, before no. the ride. And then we went to another dealership and they went broke just before the ride. So we were beginning to worry. But it is, it's slowly growing. And the nice thing is that all the money that we raise is uh, filtered through the chapter. And we use that for ground support for our clients. Uh, not always necessarily a medical uh, stuff. It can be uh, mobility uh, requirements, uh, build a ramp, uh, replace the bearings on their wheelchair, uh, that sort of thing. We have a guideline for dispersing these funds to our clients uh, that they must follow. It's a, a strict criteria. There has to be a, a medical need, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but it's nice because it's local people, and I've been involved so long that the clients are no longer clients. They're my friends. So all I'm doing is helping out my friends. We are, for those that uh, register online, mm -hmm. uh, they, uh, they get a free ticket. We're uh, raffling off two leather jackets with our Rumble the Road logo on them. And if they register online, they get a, a, a ticket. For every $25 in pledges that they bring with them, they get another ticket. And we will also have three more leather jackets on site uh, at the Harley Davidson dealership in Morden that people can buy tickets to win. And there's also another event coming up a little bit further into, well, I guess more toward the end of summer, beginning of fall, which is the Walk for Muscular Dystrophy. Uh, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Definitely. Walks for Muscular Dystrophy take place across Canada. And in Manitoba, we have two walks, uh, September 24th in Winnipeg and September 25th in Brandon. And those are an opportunity for people to come together, to raise money, to uh, interact. And it's a fun, uh, low-key event. Um, there's no set distance. People can do one lap. They can do two laps. They can uh, do, do what they want. The fire department also comes out. Uh, they bring a, a truck and a crew to lead us around the park. So it's a lot of fun and a great opportunity to raise money for the organization as well. Excellent. So if people want to get involved with Muscular Dystrophy Canada or if they want to take part in the Rumble the Road event, how can they get in contact with you? They can give us a call at the office here in Winnipeg at 204-233-0022 uh, or they can uh, go to muscle.ca and go to the events page and that'll take them to the event links that they're looking for to give them more information about the upcoming events. Great. So the Rumble the Road event is taking place this Saturday, August 20th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And of course, as Avril said, you can visit muscle.ca for more information. Avril, Alan, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having us. Thanks, Robert. Coming up after the break, we're going to be joined in studio by a multi-talented man who is launching a one-man show this week called Fringe of the Fringe. Uh, he's actually a cancer survivor and motivational speaker. Uh, he's ran marathons. He's written best-selling books. He's he's done it all. Very talented guy. Uh, his story is a really an inspirational one. It's Dennis Mayone. He's going to be joining us right after our next musical break. But we've got Pat McGeegan with Chance of a Lifetime right here on River City 360. One. While I was out walking 
I saw your face in the midst of a crowd. Here I thought is the chance of a lifetime. I thought you'd step from a cloud. Think of that wonderful meeting. Oh, the sun shone down. On us from above. Why should I be out walking that day? Yeah, the chance of a lifetime of love. Show me the way you are feeling. Always tell me just what I should know. Oh, a guiding hand must have brought us together. But now that seems so long ago, you are the one I have dreamed of. Oh, I never thought my dreams would come true. Chance of a lifetime with you. Show me the way you are feeling. Always tell me just what I should know. Oh, a guiding hand must have brought us together, but now. That seems so long ago. You are the one I have dreamed of. I never thought my dreams would come true. All I want is a chance of a lifetime. A chance of a lifetime with you. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here, you, here with you this morning, and we're now joined by a very special guest. We have Dennis Mayone. He is a storyteller, but uh, I guess in no particular order, he's also a motivational speaker, triathlon runner, uh, best-selling author, cancer survivor, and actor in a one-man show, uh, which is launching this week. Well, we're going to talk about that later, but uh, first of all, Dennis, thanks for joining us on the show. My pleasure. It's good to be here. So first question is... That's a lot of, uh, of titles and, and sort of things that you're capable of doing. Um, why do you call yourself a storyteller and why do you uh, find it important to tell your story? Well, I think stories are important. Um, you know, uh, our stories are, are uh, they're essential to understanding uh, who we are. Uh, so, um, you know, when I, when I tell my story, I have to learn my story. And my story is about where I came from. And that informs who I am and informs where I'm going. So uh, stories are important to us personally, but then they're also important because the collection of stories that we have 
uh, is our culture. It's our society. It's uh, the groups in which we live. And so learning our own stories and then telling them is a way to build community. And it's a way to change people from being demographics to being people. Uh, and so a Syrian refugee ceases to be a Syrian refugee. And now they're, you know, Muhammad and his, and his wife and their children. And now they're personal and they're real people when I get to sit down and hear their stories. It's, it's, it's not right. a statistic. It's not just a, you know, passing. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So, so for me, uh, that's why stories are, are an important part of both my life as well as what I believe uh, the integral part of, uh, of our community. Has this always been a part of who you were or did it kind of develop over the years? Well, I think it developed a bit, it, although it's kind of funny. Um, you know, my value of community and stories uh, really developed as I began to tell them. And, and so you begin to do that and you kind of try and figure out the, the justification for your existence. Why do I do this? Why is it important? And partly it's because uh, uh, I, this is part of my job. And as a result, if I'm going to pitch you the idea of stories, uh, if I go to your English class, for example, and say to you, uh, I'd like to teach your kids about memoir writing, telling their own stories, you've got to have some basis for why this is important. And so I thought about it. Uh, and, and so, but really, this is just part of who I have become. And who have you become exactly? How have you grown since starting on your journey so many years ago? I understand it was 20, 24, 25 years ago where you, when you were diagnosed. Tell us about that process and, and how you've changed over the years. I mean, wow, that, boy. In, in two minutes, please. <laughs> Tell me 25 I mean, years of... It, it, so I started out actually as a technology guy. Uh, okay. I, was a, I was a programmer. I ran a tech company uh, here in town in, in Winnipeg. Uh, but uh, for me, what I what I discovered was it was the people more than the more than the tech that interested me. Okay, and and I've had opportunities to develop my understanding of of sort of who I am in the world and and the things that I've learned. It's funny. There's an anecdote. Um, I I wrote this book, uh, What I Learned from Cancer, right. Ca- came out at the at the end of September 2014, and I embarked on uh, uh, self funded uh, uh, tour, uh, did a lot of bookstore stuff, signings, and I had a woman come up to me, and she picks up the books, and she looks at it, and she goes, what'd you learn from cancer? Ten words or less. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know, because I wrote a narrative. I didn't write a PowerPoint presentation. And so I had to stop and think, what did I learn? And so I went back through the book, and what I discovered was there are things that are important to me that I could have never articulated, that that. They, these things come up over and over again as themes in my life, but until I wrote them down and then began to look at them as a collected and set see, of and things, see the patterns. Well, and exactly, and I go, "Wow, I talk a lot about community. Mm. I would have never thought the community was that important to me, but look, here it is, and here it is, and here it is, and he, oh, look, it's everywhere." Uh-huh. So, so for for me, the development has been the realization more of things that are part of me then it is some sense of, I need to work to become more like this. It was, gee, I've been like this all along. I just never really knew it. But now that I know, and again, this this comes back to the power of story. Now that I know who I am, I get to begin to articulate that in an authentic way. You can kind of define it. Well, yeah, and and I can say, you know what? Community is important. I believe community is important. Let's talk about why that is. Right. Uh, and, and go from there. So embracing community is one of your three kind of tenets. I, I read embracing community, resisting labels, and pursuing wholeness. Can yes. you explain 
what those three sort of things encompass and how you came to those conclusions? Sure. Again, looking back through my story, the story as I had written it down and codified and what I learned from cancer, I, I, I began to see the, the things emerging. Uh, the first one for me was initially, it was, uh, I'm not my disease. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the struggle that I had uh, having cancer multiple times and working in the medical community is that, unfortunately, many people in medicine begin to focus on the thing rather than the person. Mm-hmm. So you become a tumor rather than a person with a tumor. And that informs mm-hmm. the way that people interact with you. Well, every conversation is probably just about that. Well, yes, but not only is, are the conversations just about that, but also their approach to you. For example, um, if you're a tumor, then all that's important is removing the tumor. Right. The idea that somehow there might be fallout to that, that there might be adverse effects on you as a person or on your life, really doesn't matter. You should just be happy that we're removing your tumor. Right. Oh, but you told me I'm going to be impotent. Ha <laughs> ha, but don't worry about that. The tumor's That's gone. okay. The tumor will be gone. Uh, so it's that kind of stuff. Um, so, so this whole, uh, I'm not my disease, but I wanted, I wanted that not to simply be a message about disease. And so I began to think, well, what is that in general? And so for me, that became resist labels that not only am I not my disease, but I'm not my divorce. I'm not my bankruptcy. I'm not the multitude of failures that I've Mm -hmm. had in my life. I'm something else. Yeah. That's kind of, you can, you can, you can paint an entire lives with that with that concept. Exactly. Um, The second one was embrace community. The idea that in our weakness, our community is what provides us with strength. And that while we may be inclined in in crisis situations to withdraw, uh, both because we're embarrassed or we want to believe that we're strong or that people outside won't understand, and also that our community tends to pull away from us because they don't know who we are or what they're supposed to do or what, how do I talk to somebody who's dying? Right. Can, we, can we watch Monty Python and laugh together? I don't know how right. that works. So the idea that I really need to embrace this community that's around me, that I need to reach out and say, hey, you know what? I really need you because there are times when I won't be able to stand and I need you to hold me up. And then the final thing is, is embrace wholeness or pursue wholeness. Right. Uh, the idea there really uh, came out of, out of, as I began to think about mortality, as I began to think about, about the effects of cancer on me, uh, the question becomes, well, I have bad DNA, and my bad DNA causes cancer to appear. Can't fix that. It's, it is me forever. So the question is, well, so I have this, this thing that I can't fix in me. Well, if that's the case, then I can never really be physically fixed. I can't be physically whole. And in the end, our bodies are going to fail us. Uh, There's all kinds of things that will go wrong. What is left at the end? And what is left at the end is the condition of my soul. And so so this idea that, that, well, being healthy is important uh, because it, it does create long and happy life in many cases. That ought not be our end goal. That ought not be the thing for which we strive. Money and power and wealth and health, in the end, are all going to fail us. They're all finite. Right. And so the question is, who are you at the end? Mm -hmm. And that, for me, is this question of wholeness. 
we are speaking with Dennis Mayon, a storyteller who is talking about um, everything in, in his life, his uh, cancer experience, his uh, and his French show that's coming up starting on Wednesday, August seventeenth. So when we take a quick break afterwards, we'll we'll talk to you about your French show. Sound good? That sounds good. You're listening to River City Three Sixty. Sometimes love will bloom in the springtime, then like flowers in summer, it will grow. listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. We are speaking with Dennis Mayon. He is a storyteller whose one-man show is launching this Wednesday. So we'll, we'll talk about the play in a second. I just want to ask one more question. Is, is this whole process and these projects, is this therapeutic for you or is it adding to the stress? Like, it, do you think that this is helping you kind of deal with things? Because it's pretty heavy topics. It's funny. Uh, not really. Not anymore. I had wrestled with these questions and with the questions of the impact of cancer on me and my family and the people around me. Because, because my cancer journey has been 20 years, right. I've been going through this. I've been telling the stories. I've been coming to realizations and, and trying to figure out for myself what these things mean. So when I wrote them down for the first time, for the most part, none of this was new for me. 
It wasn't cathartic because okay. I had already gone through all this. It was me finally getting to the point where I could write all this stuff down mm -hmm. and say, here are the things that I learned. So one way you can tell stories is through a play, and you have a one-man play. Is it, you're the only actor in it? I'm the only actor. And it's the fringe of the fringe? That's what we're... That's right. I tried to get into the fringe, but because the fringe is pure lottery, right. it means that some people get in and some people don't. And so I got to number 10 on the waiting list, and oh. that was as far as I got. But I had done a Kickstarter to, to raise money right. in order to do the play. And I thought, well, gee, you can't raise the money and then not do the play. <laughs> Let's figure out how to do this. For sure. So I found a venue and I just went from there. And so, so now I'm doing it myself. It's launching Wednesday, October 7th, or sorry, August 17th, this coming Wednesday. Correct. So tell our listeners what they can expect to, to, uh, to experience when they come to the show. Well, it'll be a very fringish kind of thing, okay. uh, from the venue to the to the on-site ticketing, uh, and to even some of the interesting avant-garde-ish things that happen. Uh, my director encouraged me really to to think about this as a, as not just sort of a of a standard on-stage play, but to think beyond some of those boundaries. And so we do some interesting things, cool. um, including a bit of an audience participation piece. Nice. Uh, so, so yeah, it really, I mean, people can come to expect a fringe play. That's cool. what it's going to feel like. Cool. Uh, uh, one man, just like, but outside of the fringe. And it's going to be like, are we expecting tears? Are we expecting laughter? Are we expecting heavy Issues. Well, there's going to be a lot of that. A there's going to be a lot of all, all of these, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope there'll be. I mean, I believe there's some funny stuff. Uh, but there's also some things. You know, when you talk about this question of quest for wholeness, for for the reparation of our souls, you can't do that without 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 talking about some things that are hard in life, and and the story in many places is hard. And so I think that there will be there will be people who will be, yeah. Um, I've got friends who are going through similar things that 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 to the storyline and the play, uh, who say, "Wow, that sounds like me. Really? That sounds like my story. Wow, that's mm -hmm. not my story, is it? Right. Well, no. Well, yes, but no. Um, and yeah. At the end of the day, there's sort of a shared humanity, and I'll, I'll, everyone knows somebody with my mom had cancer. So I mean, everyone kind of has that connection, and and if you're able to bring people in and make them feel like, hey, wait a minute. That is my story. I think that's a pretty powerful thing. Well, the key in the in the play, though, no cancer, oh, not okay. a cancer, not okay. no cancer, no cancer at all. Because for me, so it was, it was, it was experience of cancer, book about cancer, what I learned from cancer. Ah, right. oh, now I can take what I learned and I can apply those to other situations and I can say the same things, but I can tell different stories. So this is not a cancer oh, okay, story. Cool. This is a relationship story. Um, Just with the universal sort of things that you learned from that experience. Exactly. And now, yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Well, where can our listeners uh, find out more about the play and find more about you? Well, so they can go to my website, dennismayone.com, uh, D-E-N-N-I-S-M-A-I-O-N-E.com. Um, that's where they're going to find the most information about me, about all the things I do. I'm an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial storyteller. So I tell stories in any venue, anything that I've got skills in, I do. So I have a whole bunch of, of things that I do. Uh, if you're looking for tickets to the play in specific, go to forward slash store. And in there, there's tickets. You can buy my book. There's really cool t-shirts. Cool. Um, so there's all of that. But in addition, you can just show up at the venue um, and, uh, and, and you can get in there, although it is fringish, which means that 
once the seats are full, the door closes. First come, first serve. Yeah, then you got to come the next day. Great. And where's the venue? 325 Talbot Avenue. Uh, it's the it's station fire station number eight on on Talbot. That's very uh, so fringe. So you get into Elmwood, mm-hmm. and it's the tallest structure. Very cool. And uh, access from the back half an hour before the before the show start. Perfect. So D E N N I S M A I O N E DennisMayon.com for more information. Uh, Dennis Mayon, thank you very much for talking to us today. I appreciate it. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Thanks, Nolan. As Dennis mentioned, his show starts this Wednesday, August 17th. He's doing five shows in total, one at 7 p.m. on August 17th, again at 7 p.m. on Friday, August 19th. He's then doing an afternoon show at 2 p.m. Saturday, August 20th, and again at 7 p.m. on the 20th. And then the final show takes place this evening at 7 p.m. August 21st. All shows are at the Winnipeg Fire Hall number 8 in Elmwood. And you can visit Dennis Mayon. That's D-E-N-N-I-S-M-A-I-O-N-E dot com for more information. Again, that's Dennis Mayon dot com for more info. Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And at the end of our show, we like to invite Noah Ehrenberg into the studio to tell us about this week in Winnipeg through the lens of community news comments. Noah, thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. So for our listeners that maybe are tuning in for the first time, explain what community news commons is for us. It is a citizen journalism project. So essentially the Winnipeg Foundation uh, a few years ago decided that it's a good idea to uh, provide a platform for people in the city of Winnipeg and uh, and, uh, other parts of Manitoba to be able to tell multimedia stories and to support their efforts by offering my assistance as an editor, um, whether it's an article or photography or, you know, doing some audio or some video, and they tell stories from their neighborhoods, and then I help them, you know, fashion it in the best way possible. And as a as a veteran of the journalism world mm-hmm. for the past 20 years or 20 plus years? Uh, I won't, uh, not even <laughs> I don't want to date myself. That's <laughs> a little more than enough. that. <laughs> Well, 20 plus, that's, that's respectable, plus but still. Uh, you're able to sort of guide them in how to tell a proper story. So uh, what are some of the stories that people are telling this week on CNC? Well, what I really enjoyed this week was uh, actually a, a story that you just um, had on your uh, program uh, just a few minutes ago with um, uh, Dennis uh, Mayon. Right. Uh, and um, essentially the, um, uh, the story comes from Deborah Mayon. She uh, wrote the story about this very unique play and um, how uh, her husband Dennis uh, has had this long battle, and um, and you know some of the life lessons that he's learned from it. So it's a um, it's 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 interesting uh, in terms of the story, but also how it came about. Um, y- there's a section on our website communitynewscommons.org that allows people to submit a story idea, and so we get a lot of story ideas, and oftentimes. Um, those stories are best told by the people who submit the story oh, idea. Oh, for sure. So Deborah submitted the story idea, and I immediately got back to her, and I said, you know what, Deborah, uh, this is a story that you can write uh, about this particular event. Like you'd never met her or anything before? Never met her at all. Cool. And so I, I, uh, she gave me sort of a, a first draft, and then I sent back what I thought would be some ways to improve it, some ways to make it uh, more sound journalistically, and um, she's done that, and we've, uh, we've published it on the site. Oh, I can't wait to read that. That yeah. sounds very cool. Excellent story. What else is happening on uh, Community News Commons? Well, another favorite story this week f- um, that I found was uh, from Shirley Kowalczyk, who um, is kind of a history buff, you know, and um, basically um, Shirley explores 
um, the uh, the history of millstones in uh, East Goldonan in particular. Like making flour? Well, that's it? correct. You yeah. know, uh, years ago, well, this would have been over a century ago, these giant 1,000-pound, some of them 2,000-pound stones would have been uh, shipped uh, all the way probably from Scotland uh, hmm. to Manitoba, to the Red River Settlement. And they arrived uh, on the east side of the Red River, and then they would have been used in um, the Matheson Mill, uh, which was a mill in East Kildonan. And then there was a number of other mills in Winnipeg that would have also have used the stones. And so there's, there's two of them on display uh, on um, Henderson Highway at Edison Avenue. You can see them. They're kind of in a little mini park. But um, every mill would have had four stones so there's two missing stones oh. and these things I mean how do you misplace a thousand pound or two thousand pound right. piece of rock uh, well Shirley uh, goes on a hunt for these the two case missing of the missing stones <laughs> exactly so cool. so she um, she writes a great little piece about that and I um, uh, I really enjoy uh, Shirley's stuff because it's very well written and um, she she has a way of bringing history alive so you can write about anything anything That's anything that, that that you that you think is of interest to the community uh, of meaning, you know, to to you or to your community, and it's uh, it's a great way to tell a story and to do it in a way that um, is is as journalistically sound as possible. Yeah, for sure. And th- I mean, that's the way humans communicate is by telling stories. So if you if you have a story to tell, Community News Commons is a great place to do it. Exactly. Oh, and just to mention, um, later on, there's another community radio station that okay. I just wanted to give a plug to because I will be uh, this afternoon at 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. this you're, afternoon. You're cheating on us. I know, you're but 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 it's a community <laughs> radio station, okay, so we so all work together it's a sis- here. It's a sister it, relationship. Exactly. The same way we have a relationship with CKUW, right. which is the University of Winnipeg radio station. Great radio um, station, too. It is. And there's also another radio station called UMFM, which is mm-hmm. 101.5 FM. That's a radio, um, the university radio station, right. University. In Manitoba, and there's a fellow named Christian Cassidy who's okay. also done yeah. some uh, uh, reporting for Community News Commons, and uh, he has a show called he has a blog called West End Dumplings, and this is West End Dumplings, the radio show. So you're going on the show to talk about CNC or just what? Yeah, I'll be on the show for an hour between four and five uh, today. With, today, yes, okay, cool. with three other citizen reporters: Shirley Kowalczyk, who I just mentioned, Doug Kretschmer, who does a lot of photojournalism and a lot of stories, as well as Heather Emberly. Oh, very nice. Um, so the four of us will be on. We'll be talking about CNC, the project, why it was started, uh, the impact that it's had on our community, and we'll look at, you know, what um, journalism, the state of journalism mm. right now, locally and uh, around the world. I love hearing you talk about journalism just in general. <laughs> yeah. I remember we went to a, uh, uh, a panel discussion oh, yes. a few months back, and that was really illuminating mm. and interesting. Awesome. Yeah, well, I so appreciate that. I'm going to be tuning in Excellent. this afternoon. What yes. time? Four o'clock and what, what station? Four, four till five, 101.5 UMFM. Uh, and then as soon as you're done finishing listening to that, come on back to 93.7. So listen to CJ and you <laughs> until four o'clock, then you can switch over and then you can come back at five. Exactly. Sounds good. So at the end of our time together, Noah, uh, we like to ask you to bring us a local song that our listeners maybe haven't listened to or haven't heard before. So what have you got for us this week? Uh, well, uh, this week I have one of my favorite bands. Uh, they are the Crooked Brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, they're awesome. a great, uh, a great band. Actually, they were at the Winnipeg Folk Festival mm-hmm. this year, and that was quite a performance because they were on the main stage, and it was very interesting to see them play to really a lot of people who have been watching their careers, um, you know, develop over the course of the last fifteen. That's kind of years. making it, right? Exactly. That's when you really make it. it, it and there was a lot of love uh, in that uh, on, at that show at cool. the at this year's Winnipeg Folk Festival. These guys are going to be at another really 
uh, great festival called Harvest Sun, uh, which is coming up uh, next weekend. In fact, um, I'll put in a little plug. My son is also going to be oh, playing there. Micah? So, Micah Ehrenberg. Very cool. Right. So he will be there with his band. And uh, but the Cricket Brothers will be there along with another uh, a whole bunch of uh, other uh, Manitoba performers such as Greg McPherson, Red Moon Road, Mizan Scene, Al Simmons. Oh, nice. He's one of my favorites. Carly Dow. It really is a terrific uh, lineup of um, of musicians. Fantastic. And it's, it's at uh, Kelwood, Manitoba, which is not too far from here. It's about three hour drive to the northwest. It's um, near McCreary, I believe. It's on okay. this side of the uh, of Riding Mountain. Um, so if you want to uh, to see the Crooked Brothers, you can see them there. They're also um, uh, going to be on a tour of uh, Europe, I believe. Oh, wow. Uh, coming up, uh, tour dates uh, for about six weeks. Um, nice. And so that... Uh, so if you happen to be in Europe... Well, if you happen to be in Scotland, <laughs> Netherlands, Belgium, Germany, or Switzerland, or England, you Stop could probably in. catch Look them. Look them up. But uh, certainly you can, uh, you can see them uh, at Harvest Sun coming up next weekend. So I would like to um, play an item, uh, a, a tune from the, their album called Thank You, I'm Sorry. This is the Cricket Brothers with their tune Blackbird in the Snow on River City 360, 93.7 CGNU-FM. I don't know why I thought of you I don't know why I thought of you But I held you in my mind Just as long as you would stay And I knew that I That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a huge thank you to all of our guests for talking to us today. If you want to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, you can visit us online. The address is rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show. Please give us a call. Our listener line is open 24-7. You can leave us a message anytime. Call our number at 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can leave us a comment about the show, request a song, or even suggest a topic for a future show. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching at RiverCity360 on Twitter or RiverCity360 on Facebook as well. I'm Nolan Bicknell signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a great Sunday. Feels good to sing a happy song. To have you know.